Live from Seaside, Florida, this is the Seaside Radio Show, where we discuss the simple, beautiful life. What we've tried to do here is create a very consciously choreographed set of experiences that do slow you down and get you to enjoy being in the moment, basically enjoy reconnecting with yourself, family, and friends, and with nature. Now, here's your host, Seaside's own Lori Smith. Many of our listeners might not know, but Seaside's entering its 35th year as a community. Yep, the new urbanist community of Seaside was founded in 1981. Back then, though, it was considered scrub, wasteland, and worthless sand. But Robert and Daryl Davis transformed it into the architectural mecca of today. And believe it or not, close to a million people pass through our town on an annual basis to visit the shops and restaurants or to attend an event. And that includes the more than 270,000 tourists that stay in Seaside annually. And from the very beginning, Seaside has focused on incubating some of the most original businesses in Northwest Florida. Currently, Seaside's home to a collection of more than 70 original, highly beloved, award-winning mom-and-pop stores, eateries, and specialties and products. But there are some differences in now and 35 years ago. For example, Dave Roshkob, you've been here for more than 30 years now. How's it going, Dave? Fantastic, Lori. How are you? I am great. Um, Tell us a little bit about your businesses here in Seaside. Well, um, our flagship restaurant, Bud and Alley's, uh, is a it's hard to believe, but it's a, people don't realize this, but it's a 400 seat restaurant. Um, and we've been open 30 years and, uh, and, uh, it's become a tradition in Seaside and 30A and proud. Iconic. Well, yeah. Um, (laughs) you know, it's, it's been amazing to, uh, to, to be in that position and to been here for so long and to be sort of the, the folks that help kick off this culinary revolution that we have going on, on, on 30A and in South Walton. Uh, so that's Bud and Alley's, and then I also have the Taco Bar, mm-hmm. uh, which is extremely popular. That's a, there's always a long line at the Taco Bar. And then, of course, the Pizza Bar uh, is our, our newest business. Uh, and and I, love, I love Pizza Bar. It's just incredible. My, those guys do a great job. Uh, and then, of course, we have a new thing to talk about. Um, uh, I have a building in Grayton Beach that... Uh, has been serving as our catering kitchen, mm-hmm. uh, but now uh, we're working on creating a bakery there, and we're we're starting to sell right. our our amazing breads at the uh, at the the farmers market uh, two days a week here in mm-hmm. Seaside, and we're mm-hmm. going to be expanding to uh, commercial supplying uh, a bread on 30A. So it's it's exciting new thing to do. Absolutely, and mm-hmm. I know that's been very popular at the farmers market. Yeah, already. Yeah, so yeah. thankfully, uh, well, I'm not a gluten-free guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think a lot of people are, actually. Um, so, how did you get started here in Seaside? Well, um, I was uh, 24 years old, uh, working at a restaurant in Destin called Les Saison. It was a fine dining restaurant. In those days, French cuisine was fine dining; everything else was fried fish. Uh, and Robert Davis used to eat at Les Saisons French restaurant. Uh, and a very good friend of mine, Scott Witkowski, and I were surfing buddies, and we were waiters there together. Uh, I was in my last semester of college at the University of West Florida, with, enrolled in my last semester, and uh, Scott and I were going surfing in Panama City. And we used to take 30A in those days because there were no stop signs, and you could drive 90 miles an hour and check the surf along the way. Um, there weren't very many police around in those days either, and there really wasn't much of anything else around in those days. Not like that now. Um, 
And uh, long story short, Scott uh, had been talking with Robert Davis. Uh, Robert Davis originally talked to Scott's father about maybe going into the vacant building where Bud and Alley's is now. Um, there was a restaurant there before that summer, uh, and the guy left in the middle of the night, and it was a turnkey operation. It had all the tablecloths and silverware and uh, everything ready to go. It even had wine in the, in the cooler. Uh, so we're driving through Western Lake, and Scott says, Dave, you know, mind if we stop? There's this guy who wants to show us this location. And I said, yeah, I mind a lot, because the surf's good. Why don't you do that on some other day? Um, so one thing led to another. He won over that argument. We stopped, met Robert Davis, uh, and really, I guess the rest is history. Uh, I quit college, and we opened Bud and Alley's on January 20th, 1986. Wow. How did the name Bud and Alley's come about? Well, Robert walked us over to the restaurant, and this is true. And, uh, and he left us in the restaurant alone together for a while. And then he came back and we were walking to the sales office. And in the time that it took for us to walk from Bud and Alley's to Tupelo Street, which is, uh, I think it's like, uh, I don't know, a quarter of a mile maybe, uh, we got in a couple conversations. And one of the first things Robert said to Scott was, if you guys open a restaurant here, what would you call it? And Scott is a very dry humor, quick-witted guy. He immediately said, oh, we should call it Bud and Alley's after your dog, because Robert had a dog named Budweiser, mm -hmm. and Scott had a cat named Alley. So that was just a joke. And two months later, when we had to get it in the Yellow Pages, we were sitting in a room with Scott, da Scott Witkowski, myself, and Robert Davis, and we're in Robert's offices. And we had a deadline to get it in the Yellow Pages, and if we didn't come up with the name by then, we were just, you know, it was, we had to do it. And we were going around and around. And this is one of many uh, discussions, I'll call them, that we had with our landlord, Robert, in those days. And it was like, you know, Robert had his list, Scott had his list, and I had my list. And, uh, and we could not decide. And finally, there was a voice in the back of the building, one of the secretaries that worked at the time, just had heard enough. And she just said, you know what? I kind of like Bud and Alley's. <laughs> and I swear this is how it went down. We all looked wow. at each other and we said, what, what you say in those situations, <laughs> let's just go with it. And that's what happened. Uh, and, and it's been the same ever since? And the neat thing was it really personified what Bud and Alley's would become because we wanted it to be an unpretentious, relaxed casual place that had amazing food mm -hmm. and and it was perfect for us mm -hmm. uh and by the way the logo before for the restaurant that was there before the restaurant was called the bistro was just a plate with a checkerboard and uh and we just added the dog and the cat to that and, and that's pretty much stayed the same it all stayed these the years. same right how is bud nally's of today different than it was 30 years ago other than the new you know the pizza bar and the taco bar well, you have to imagine Bud and Alley's being the only building on the south side besides Perspicacity. And uh, there was a little deck down there on the beach. Uh, imagine Seaside and 30A with just very few homes, small collections of buildings. Uh, and, and we were only one of five restaurants back then. So, uh, so we always wanted to have that uh, very simple, rustic, farm-to-table food 
Mm-hmm. And, and I have to say, the menu has pretty much stayed the same. I mean, mm-hmm. we didn't want to stray from our, our original concept much. You uh, were doing that even back when it wasn't a trend. I yes. mean, you started out doing that. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and really, we were inspired by uh, Alice Waters. Uh, Scott came from a food family, very sophisticated food family. His father uh, was Lithuanian. His mother was Italian. And, uh, and, and so he had that great food background, and he was a student of food. And Robert, of course, is a big foodie, and so is Daryl Davis. So, uh, you know, they were inspirations. And I have to say that one of the earliest uh, inspirations for us was Frank Stitt from Highlands Bar and Grill mm-hmm. and, uh, and Chris Hastings. He has Hot and Hot Fish Club in Birmingham. Uh, we became friends with them in the second year, and they really cemented our our direction as far as the food goes. Uh, and then, of course, Bud and Alley's has changed physically over the years. You know, we started off with about 120 seats, and uh, the, uh, the herb garden courtyard in the back was sand. And little by little, every couple of years, we would add seating as we needed it. And as, as I said earlier, we're a 400-seat restaurant. But one of the magical things about Bud and Alley's is that building uh, is, is broken up into different seating areas. So it's not like a ca- cavernous restaurant that it doesn't feel full if it's not full. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we in, this, in the wintertime, have always broken up, so that we always have at least one full room. And of course, in the summertime and now in the fall and the spring, and almost year-round, we have a full building all, all the time. So uh, it's, it's an amazing space, and one, I will say, will never change. I mean, we'll always keep... You know, I don't think the wrecking ball will ever come to Bud and Alley's and we'll start over. <laughs> uh, we, we will always preserve it as a historic building. Well, when you were getting started back then and Seaside was in its early years, um, tell us a little bit about what Seaside was like overall well, from your perspective. Uh, Seaside, I, I was so impressed with Robert's vision. Robert and Daryl's vision was amazing. And and one of the neat things about it was we had architects and builders and people coming to Seaside in those days, and they would always eat at the restaurant, so we were always privy to these conversations, and we even got to have our opinions known. You know, mm-hmm. They'd sit at the bar, and they'd sketch out things. And, uh, and the uh, night crew. And, and yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, we were here almost in the beginning. We didn't open until 86. They started in 81, but I, I knew at that very moment that that we were a part of something very exciting. And, and as I said before, I was excited to be a part of that mm-hmm. and to actually have a voice. Uh, so, so Seaside had about well, one, one street, really. So it was just beginning. Tupelo Street was there, and we had perspicacity. And, uh, and so we knew that uh, I felt like we were at the center of the universe, you know, mm-hmm. uh, even then. Well, and it I still is the feel center of 30A, so yeah. Well, Bud and Alley's is the center of the center of the universe. Yeah, yeah, that's right, right. And so that was very intriguing. Um, it must have been because, you know, things kept um, moving forward with this vision. And, and I'm sure a lot of people were um, in their minds thinking, what, what's coming next? What's coming next? But it kind of kept things exciting and, and fresh. Yes. And, and first impressions, you know, the, I, I drove through Seaside once or twice before I saw what it was, and I thought it was some sort of a cult. I was like, what is this? <laughs> you know, um, but fortunately for Seaside and the world, Southern Living Magazine uh, really put it on the map. And when, they, when that first article came out in Southern Living, uh, we knew it was like, wow. 
you know, we're starting to get some major publicity. Some traction. And, uh, and some traction. Mm-hmm. And, and over the years, uh, it's, it's been wonderful because uh, every now and then we get, we get some attention from the world. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> like definitely. And more and <laughs> more sure every do. year. Um, what do you believe that Seaside and Bud and Alley's couldn't live without now? Hmm. Parking. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, one of the great things that when you talk, talk about a pedestrian community, the design of Seaside lends itself uh, to bicycles and walking. Mm-hmm. And uh, I couldn't, I don't think that Seaside or Bud and Alley's could live without all of the amazing people who, who live here and support all the businesses in Seaside. Um, uh, you know, you don't have to get a parking space to come here. A lot of people park and walk here, and that was the original concept. So I never worry so much about whether or not we have enough parking. Uh, we could never have enough parking. You know, if the, if the, if the, if the whole north of 30A was a parking lot, uh, we, people would still come here. Why do people come here? It's special. It's always been special. And, uh, and uh, it's a place that people want to be because it just makes you feel good to be here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the food is wonderful. Uh, the, the feeling is wonderful, the pattern language of the buildings, the way everything works. Uh, and that's also inspired other towns like Alice Beach and Rosemary Beach and, and Watercolor. And, and the fact that we have Watercolor close by uh, ensures that we're going to be busy all the mm-hmm. time because people just love being here. And, they do. Uh, it's just fun. Yeah, yeah. And there's lots to do and you're at the beach. And so I don't know if I answered your question. It's a different type but, of uh, lifestyle. We, we wouldn't be um, here if it wasn't for the people who love it. Perfect. Um, what is something most people don't know about Seaside and Bud and Alley's? Oh, wow. You, you want the underground stuff? <laughs> <laughs> I, I can tell you this. Uh, in the early days, we used to have a lot of bonfires on the beaches and on full moons. We used to uh, close the restaurant and go skinny dipping in the Gulf. Uh, did I just say that? Um, <laughs> Uh, it was in, in those days, uh, in the early days, there wasn't much here. So we, we made our own fun in, during the slow time of the season. Um, Scott and I uh, used to keep our surfboards uh, at the restaurant and we would have board meetings from time to time, you know, when the waves were good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Outside. Yeah, yeah. Be- between, <laughs> On the water. <laughs> between shifts, uh, you know, uh, we used to Robert and Daryl would invite, you know, all the merchants and everybody over to their house for holidays. And, uh, uh, you know, it's just, it was a true community atmosphere. And, and a family. And a family. And, and really, when you're one of only five restaurants on 30A, uh, everybody would come and eat there. You know, I mean, we had architects and builders and, uh, you know, I think draft was a dollar back then. I think it still is at the Modica Market. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can yeah. you still get a dollar yeah, draft? I, I, we'll have to look into that. <laughs> yeah. Sorry if I, if I misquoted that, but it, it wasn't too long ago that I got a dollar draft there. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was uh, you know, I often say that things have, a lot of things have changed and a lot of things have stayed the same on, on mm-hmm. you know, in Seaside and on 30A. Um, People love this place, and you know it doesn't matter how crowded it gets in the summertime. Uh, it's 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 all about uh, you know the balance of what it is to live here. Uh, we have an off season that keeps us in balance, and uh, you know we're not so busy, and we have time with our families. And I think that it'll always be that way. And then we have our hundred days where we're just as busy as we can be. Uh, so 
so the and locals there's a, a different type of energy that comes with that too, which is yeah actually. I, Fun and exciting. It is. And I and often say, you know, these are the good old days for the people who are moving here now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I love Seaside and 30A and South Walton as much now as I ever have. What is one of your happiest professional moments over the past 30 years here oh, in goodness. Seaside? Uh, anniversaries are usually important for us. You know, our, our 20th anniversary, our 30th anniversary. Milestones, I know yes. that Seaside is having their 35th anniversary. And we're so fortunate to have been, or I know, you know, those of us who have been here a long time, the Modicas and Bob and Linda from, from the, the bookstore, of course, Robert and Daryl and... Uh, and uh, uh, you know, everyone else has been here. Pat, our post office folks. Right, right. Uh, Donna Erica. and Jackie from the from the yep. post from the uh, sales office. It's like you know we we've, we've had the good fortune to be here when we were younger, and to still be here. Uh, and and I hope that I'm here for another thirty years. You know. Um, well, we do too. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so thank you. We appreciate you coming by today. Well, thank you. I I, I love. Love doing this, and uh, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just really looking forward to uh, the rest of this year. No hurricanes, right? Oh, don't say the H word. <laughs> <laughs> We've been lucky. It's been We've like, been I don't very know, 10, fortunate. 10 yes, years, yes. Over 10 years. What, 10 or 11 years now, maybe? I don't know. That's for sure. Yeah. And, and yeah. especially it's called thank, the Truman Bubble. I want to thank Mike Ragsdale <laughs> and 30A Radio and 30A.com for uh, really doing so much to promote uh, South Walton and uh, and be the voice of South Walton for so many people. And Dave, what is your website where uh, people can find out hours and, and the menus? Budandallies.com. All right. Uh, as simple as that, Bud and Allies. You just spell it out. Unfortunately, ampersands aren't allowed on, uh, on the <laughs> web, but thanks again, Lori. All right. Thank you. The Seeing Red Wine Festival has evolved into a sellout event, attracting wine connoisseurs and novices alike. The festival has been recognized as one of Fodor's travel top 10 can't-miss fall wine festivals and has enjoyed the outstanding support of Coastal Living as a sponsor. To purchase tickets to the Seeing Red Wine Festival, visit seeingredwinefestival.com. We're back on the Seaside Radio Show, and we're talking with Erica Pierce, the general manager of the Seaside Associated Stores and uh, the keeper, so to speak, of the brand associated with it, the Seaside Style. How are you doing, Erica? I'm doing great. Thank you, Lori. Thanks for having me today. Oh, we would, we're loving it. <laughs> um, you've worked in Seaside for many, many years, and uh, tell us how long you've been a part of uh, this community, and how did you get started? Um, I actually moved here in 1985 when... Absolutely nothing was on 30A. And Bud Nally's had just been open about a year, and I got a job with Dave and Scott as a hostess and later figured out the money was waiting tables, so I was promoted to the wait staff and worked for them for a couple of years. Back then, um, we would have a waiter's meeting about four o'clock in the afternoon you know we'd eat a community meal and get together and once a week Robert would come and he'd sit with the waiters and he would kind of just tell us his ideas and he'd give us you know his future visions of what was going on in Seaside because the staff at Budnally's was the communication board for the town at that time and a lot was going on through Budnally's so through my um just getting to know Robert and Daryl, and they found out a little bit about 
my background, which I have a degree in interior design, that they were opening a home furnishing store. Uh, at the time, it was called El Pizitz and Company, and it was a general store. We sold everything from garden hoses to shovels to Egyptian cotton sheets to Italian pottery. So let's just say I was in the right place at the right time. Absolutely. And so before you started working for Bud and Allie's, what drew you to Seaside, to this well, area? Well, I grew up in a small town in Alabama, Enterprise, Alabama, and my family my, came to this area every year. My dad was a farmer, so he only got one week vacation, and we always came to either Grayton Beach or we stayed in Sunnyside oh. in Panama City Beach. And when my father passed away, my mom sold the farm, and she actually bought a condominium on 30A, and we just couldn't stand it. We had to move down here, too. So we just sold everything we had in Atlanta, and we moved to the beach, not knowing what we were going to do. And there wasn't much here at there that time. There was nothing here. Either, right? Nothing. So what was Seaside like when, you know, 30 years ago when you, when you well, first came here? in 1985, the only thing that was here was the post office, um, the two sharecropper shacks which were sitting on the beach, one was Bud and Alley's, and the other one at the time was a Seaside Grill, which was a little hamburger joint. Mm -hmm. And, it and soon, a lot of people don't know that, no, that they were sharecroppers. Right, that houses. were moved in, yes. I think, from Panama City or mm -hmm. somewhere um, east of here and moved in, and they kind of built onto them. And the Seaside Grill didn't stay too long. They actually went down 30A and opened up the Lake Place which was a bigger restaurant. And Charles Modica Jr. opened up the first ice cream place at Seaside called the Sip and Dip. And so other than the Sip and Dip, Perspicacity, Budden Alley's, the post office, there was a little shack behind Perspicacity, which is now Snap Twain's. Mm -hmm. And that's where Linda and Bob White had the original Sundog books. And it was just a small little... Um, shotgun. It was just one room with a door in the front and a door in the back, and they had a big antique desk, and they had piles of books on this desk. And that was it. Wow. And so now that's moved over into Central Square. Correct. And they've celebrated their 30th anniversary. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. So what was it that intrigued you about the Davis's vision of Seaside? It's kind of kept you here all these years. Well, it was so different hearing someone talk about creating a town. I mean, even though my background was design and I love architecture, this was just so intriguing because they had inherited this piece of dirt in the middle of nowhere. Scrub brush. Scrub brush and, and scrub oak. <laughs> and started just painting pictures of what was to come in an actual town. And I just felt like this was something that was going to be so special. And what really makes it special is that there are a lot of communities like Seaside right now, but most of them have been developed by major corporations. And this is the only town that actually has a heart and soul mm -hmm. that belong to real people mm -hmm. that are still vested in it. Mm -hmm. They've not sold out. They've not moved on. You know, their whole life has been in creating Seaside. Did you ever think that you would see it the way it is now? Well, you know, we've always seen plans. I've got file cabinets full of plans of what 
you know, was going to build, what the town was going to look like. But what people need to understand is Seaside, everything that's happened here has been very organic. Mm-hmm. And even though there might be a master plan, it always seems to kind of, you know, evolve. And mm-hmm. it might be planned, but not nothing stuck to a plan, in other words. It was just so organic. And right. just things would happen just because we wanted to try something. So I think and that's, that's part of the beauty, the part of the beauty that it wasn't just something that was designed 35 years ago on mm-hmm. paper mm-hmm. that stuck to that design. And there's still vision that hasn't manifested yet. Absolutely. And I'm very excited about the yes. new seaside yes. and what's coming. Yes. yes. And so what what didn't work may not necessarily still be here and what worked is still here oh my goodness yes and believe me daryl and i opened and shut a lot of stores (laughs) experimenting with it well um well tell us a little bit about that how did you and daryl davis work to sculpt the seaside style and the brand well it all started of course with perspicacity's story Mm -hmm. and daryl had started the open air market at first as a farmer's market to get people to stop along 30a long enough to look at property Mm -hmm. and people started admiring what she was wearing so she found out that she could go to kmart or she could go to the army surplus stores and find things that were inexpensive and tweak them and sell them in a market. So when that became popular, she replaced the fruits and vegetables with her clothing and she got a partner, Mary Patton, who had retail background and they started traveling and buying, you know, at first they'd buy things on their travels. They'd go to Europe and they'd find things and they'd bring it back and then they started actually going to retail markets. And at first, Perspicacity was kind of a little mini department store. It had everything from clothing to antiques to housewares to children's to toys. And we spun off from Perspicacity, first Pizzitz Home and Cottage, which was more home furnishings. And it, at the time that it was beginning, it was the general store with the Italian um, pottery and the sheets and the garden hoses. Oh, we also sell the seaside t-shirt. Mm-hmm. So um, after we rolled along a couple of years, we spun off and opened the first logo store, which was called Souvenirs. And of course, everything here at that time was tongue in cheek. So it was actually spelled like a woman's name, S-U-E-V-A-N. Oh. E-E-R-S. We had a campaign going like, um, who's Sue and Miss Veneer will be with you any minute now. (laughs) But that was fun. That was fun. And out of that, we, um, both Daryl and I had um, young children at the time, and we found out that there was no place to buy children's clothing. So we started a children's store, and that first children's store was called Four Kids. And it's now morphed into Seaside Kids. Mm-hmm. We also had um, in Pizzitz, in the back of Pizzitz, we had a fresh flower shop. So we spun off into another store that, believe it or not, it was called Petals and Petals. And we sold fresh flowers and we rented bikes. 
we were insane. <laughs> what an interesting combination. Yeah. <laughs> so that wow. didn't last long because, you know, we ended up working on bicycles more than we uh-huh. did preparing uh-huh. fresh flowers. Uh, we opened up a stationery store called Papyrus and we sold cards and gift wrap and stationery. So that later spun off into other stores in Seaside. So I think what we were trying to do was create community and create mm-hmm. a synergy of retail that later other merchants would come in and take those roles, such as mm-hmm. um, we had a store here, Hooch and Holly, that took the stationary role. Mm-hmm. Um, Duckies now has taken the toy part of it. And, you know, it's just... I think what we were trying to do was build the retail part of the town uh-huh. while Robert was trying to build, you know, the commercial buildings and uh, sell real estate and develop the um, residential part. Mm-hmm. And now there are five stores included in the Seaside Style. Correct. There are five stores. We have the original Perspicacity, which is in the same location. It's in the same design that architect Deborah Burke designed. Mm-hmm. Still an outdoor market. Two years ago or what. Uh Uh And we also have now three logo stores that we've kind of um, branded. We have the original one, which is Seaside Classic. And we sell the original uh, Newtown Always t-shirt. Then we opened up Seaside Beach, which carries all of the more colorful, whimsical Seaside logo. And our tagline there is, where bare feet and sandy floors rule. Mm -hmm. And we also have Seaside Kids, which is the smaller version of um, Seaside Beach. Very popular. And the t-shirts, I see them everywhere. And I can be watching a football game in Texas and... Uh, the camera will pan the crowd and there will be that seaside t-shirt in the crowd. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I have this um, campaign in my mind that I haven't let loose. Um, The story about the t-shirt that built the town because uh, actually Daryl um, drew up the first Seaside logo. She took an architectural drafting class and actually hand drew the logo and then simply had it had that simple word seaside printed on white cotton t-shirts that she bought at Kmart. And if you look back at some of the archive pictures, you'll see the original architects wearing those t-shirts. So we always laugh about it was the t-shirt that built the town. And now it's like the seat, the Seaside T-shirts become like a secret fraternity. Like, like you mm-hmm. said, you'll mm-hmm. be walking through the Atlanta airport and you'll see someone with a Seaside T-shirt on and it's almost like you've got a connection now. Yeah. It's like, hey, yeah. we're part of that secret fraternity that's been to Seaside or we know what yes. Seaside's about and we are automatically have a, a connection. Yes, yes. And so do you think that that's part of the Seaside brand that makes Seaside so special or what what... What is it that makes Seaside so special to you, in your opinion? Well, Seaside's special just because it's, even though it's been copied so many times, it's the model. I mean, it's the original. It's, you know, we always try to do things first. Mm -hmm. You know, we were the first brand Mm -hmm. on 30A. Right. You know, we developed that Seaside brand as... We use an acronym, and it's called Fresca. And everything has to be fresh, real, easy, simple, comfortable. 
uh, and time uh, ageless. I had to change ageless. timeless to ageless to make the acronym <laughs> Fresco. <laughs> so I think we, you know, staying true to our course, you know, has developed that brand to be just a simple icon an iconic piece that people that come to Seaside can actually take home with them and it gives them those great memories that mm -hmm. they've spent a week or maybe some lucky people get to send several, several weeks here in Seaside. Exactly. They get the t-shirt or they get some memorabilia from Seaside mm -hmm. and it just, it brings back that great week they got to spend here mm -hmm. at the beach with their family. Mm -hmm. And even the 4th of July t-shirts oh that my gosh. you come out with, a different <laughs> one every year, and um, people collect those. It they is amazing, it. and it is amazing the following of the Seaside t-shirt, um, that once we preview that graphic, we have a waiting list of people that want to get them, and they buy them online before they get here Mm -hmm. Or they may just not be able to come here for the July, but they want that T-shirt. Right. And this year, we actually experimented with two different graphics, and both graphics were so successful. So we may come out with some more uh, Fourth of July products this next coming year. Oh, awesome. I'll be looking forward to that. And uh, I know that um, Bud is becoming more and more prominent <laughs> as well, the uh, town founder dog or Correct. the founding dog the founding dog yes. so um, I love 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 that and it's a lot of fun um, Erica what is something that you feel like our community could not live without well I think it's just the synergy that Seaside has into creating our community if you think about it it's an it's, it's smack dab in the center of 30A. Mm -hmm. And I think the way Robert designed the town, that everything flows into the amphitheater. And that's become the center for families along 30A, mm -hmm. the locals as well as the visitors, is a gathering place. Yes, yes. And I think such special things as the Seaside Post Office, the Seaside Farmers Market, the um, events that we have year after year, mm -hmm. People, people feel they have ownership in it. And even though yes, we're in a resort area, they feel like Seaside is a town that they belong in. And they, if they're a visitor, they become temporary citizens of Seaside, even though mm -hmm. they may live in Atlanta or Nashville or Birmingham. It just creates that welcoming feeling mm -hmm. and that sense of familiarity yes. that you feel... Um, comfortable and you have a sense that it's safe mm -hmm. and people have a sense that they have trust in Seaside mm -hmm. and I think to me that is you know it's creates such value right. to have a community sense here there, there's a sense of place yes and you can't get that everywhere you go on vacation no you can't no you so can't. it's it's definitely unique in that in that area um, what do you? What is something that most people don't know about Seaside that you might be privy to? <laughs> I don't know if you want to know that. No, I laugh because um, our tagline is a simple, beautiful life. And I think about the people that work at Disney that are behind the scenes, and people don't realize what goes on behind the scenes to keep Seaside 
going and running and a beautiful destination for those that come here that even though it's a simple beautiful life we created for people to enjoy it's a lot of hard work that goes to keep this this town what it is yes it is I I can (laughs) attest to that myself Um, but it's well worth it and it's very rewarding it really is mm -hmm. and I think because the people that work here and keep Seaside going is because we have such high standards Mm -hmm. and there's such an attention to detail in everything we do. Yes, there is. And and that's one of the things that I love about Seaside. What is one of your happiest professional moments in working with the Seaside style and being here? Oh, goodness. Over the past few years. There's so many, but I think, you know, as a parent watching my daughter grow up and evolve and she is a true seasider i came to work in seaside when she was four months old so she has grown up in seaside she went to the seaside neighborhood school and she now is working for me and she's working for Lori. yes in marketing <laughs> and she lives and breathes seaside and she loves the brand and that she's chosen to spend her life being a part of it and working here as an adult. Mm-hmm. And we have some others. In fact, Micah Davis, Absolutely. who is Robert and Daryl's son, is working with me as well. And Mackenzie and Micah grew up together they here sure in Seaside uh, for some of those years. And they actually shared a nanny for many, many years. While Daryl and I had to work, we had to have someone that kept our children And we have Dana Jocelyn to thank for that. She was an amazing (laughs) nanny. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. And I I feel um, privileged to have both of them uh, working with me in in different areas. So um, that's very exciting. Well, tell people um, how they can uh, log on to your website and order some of those amazing T-shirts. Okay. It's www the seasidestyle.com we're actually did a complete revamp of our website and the new site launches monday and it looks amazing we've um, added a lot of new products and not a lot of good looks to it a lot of photographs of seaside so i think everybody will be pleased with the new site and i'm excited about that too so uh, (laughs) we'll be getting the word out on that and we appreciate you coming and talking about seaside's 35th year well thank you very much i'm glad i'm still here (laughs) (laughs) me too All right, we're here in Seaside at 45 Central Wine Bar with Tom King, the owner of Central Square Records, uh, also an icon in Seaside. And uh, Tom, how did you get started in Seaside? Tell us a little bit about that story. Gosh, I've been coming down to the beach since I was a kid, in the late 70s actually. Um, Spent many summers at Grayton and Seagrove. So my folks are from down south. I grew up overseas. I went to uh, a lot of international schools and had classmates and teachers from all over the world. And uh, I guess after I came back in the late 80s, came right down to the beach, which has always been you know, a home for me. And um, one of my cousins was working here. And Seaside was just starting up. And there were all these interesting, crazy people running around. And uh, it felt really good. So actually, I worked at and Bud that attracted you, huh? I worked at Bud <laughs> uh, in '87, I think. So that was when it was just 
just such a small crew. It was like a family, uh, having so much fun. You know, before I think everybody got really serious, you know, that we knew that we had something here. It's interesting that a lot of people who have businesses here now got their start at Bud and Alley's. There wasn't much around, you yeah, know, yeah. Uh, back then, really. So what gave you the idea for Central Square Records, and how uh, long well, has it been here? 13 years. We opened in 03, and mm-hmm. uh, I've always loved music, and um, my wife, Jenny, managed the bookstore for 16 years, and... Uh, during that time, the upstairs space became available, and Seaside offered it to us, and we thought we'd give it a go. And uh, it's you know work in progress, evolving. Right, right. How has it evolved over the past thirteen years? I, you know, what was it like then, and what's it like now? Well, we're we're always introducing new um, new product. We're really doing a lot more vinyl than we ever have. Lots of new and used vinyl, but you know, we also have always carried uh, strings and uh, accessories for musicians, amplifiers, guitars, ukuleles. You know, if you, that's one thing I play music and if you live down here, having to drive to Fort Walton or Panama City anytime is, uh, you know, not fantastic, but summertime, um, forget about it. So I carry, you know, the necessities here and if somebody needs something, I'll order it for you. Um, but uh, you know, you we, even have patonk equipment. We do, for yes. The patonk players. We do. We have the the bulls and accessories for patonk players. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And um, Central Square has begun to be more ingrained in the community. You've been a part of like the 30A um, uh, music festival right. and some of the other events. Tell us a little bit about what you're involved in. Well, that's always a great atmosphere uh, during the 30A Songwriters Festival mm-hmm. because. Uh, I put a stage up in the back of the store, um, so we're also a venue, mm-hmm. and I'm also carrying all the artists' music, so uh, we have a lot of uh, energy there. A lot of the artists are hanging out at the store. You know, they could be even coming in for strings, actually. Um, and uh, we something we do actually all year round. We do we do in store performances throughout the year, not just during right. the Songwriters Festival. Right. Do you have a special night or, or any time of year just that you're depends, doing it just, just, just depends periodically? Just when, when we can catch artists mm-hmm. who are How do people find through. out about that? Uh, you can go to our uh, you know, Facebook. Instagram is really great. Or come by and let us put you on our email list. Okay. Okay. And you know, uh, Seaside has a lot of celebrities uh, you know, that will stop in from time to time. Um, who was in your store the other day? Let's see. Re- the other day I met... Uh, Bob McGrath. That's Bob from Sesame Street. Uh-huh. I All was right. looking at him and I was thinking, I know this guy. And you we've, had no idea he was coming, did you? Right. <laughs> I was thinking, we've been through a lot, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. yeah so it's have, always fun time when we have, have people stopping in and um, saying hi and hanging out in Seaside. Yeah, we know. have a lot of folks from Nashville who are in the music industry who come down here. I think if you want to get to the beach, you want a, a straight shot. And that's kind of where you end up here. Mm-hmm. And so, um, what's it like manning a business in Seaside? What is it? Is it you know what? What was the intriguing part of Seaside that that keeps you here? I mean, it's a great it's a great community. Like I said, the you know when it, when when I came here when Seaside was really first starting and just a bunch of great interesting people with neat ideas. 
Mm-hmm. You know, we've kind of right. got a little oasis here. I think yeah. we still do. You know, you yeah. drive east or west or especially north and, uh, you know, you're in another place. Um, and uh, I've got a great office view also. What do you think? Yeah, you do. You have a fantastic view because you're overlooking the Seaside Amphitheater. What is, what is something do you think, uh, what is something you think folks couldn't live without in Seaside? Other than Central Square Records, of course. Gosh, that's a really, that's a tough one, you know. I mean, I, I know folks who have been here a long time that, uh, you know, my favorites, of course, Bud Nally's, you know, and Modica Market. And, uh, gee, there were so many businesses that, uh, you know, were here years ago. I mean, I remember when Charlie had uh, Sip and Dip across the street. yeah. Uh, that was, you know, way back when, like, like I said, it was just such a small community here. Uh, and it still has that small community feel, it does, even though we have, uh, well, it's estimated we have about two million people that pass through Seaside every year. So, um, keeping that small community feel and that atmosphere and that simpleness, you know, the the fun. Um, it takes a lot of work, but it's very rewarding. It does. I think I think people uh, walk away here um, excited about you know where they've been. That's with the record store. That's one thing I wanted to try to do was have a place that when people walked out of there, they wanted to tell somebody about it because they are a part of it now. You know, something to take with them. Yeah. So, what do you think folks appreciate the most about Central Square Records? Well, we've got a we we've got an amazing staff. Um, you know, I think the days of the the old format for the record store, like you might have seen in the wonderful movie High Fidelity, uh, that you know, I don't think that works anymore. You really have to engage people, which is what we do. We talk to people and you know make them feel like they're a part of it. And usually, you know, there's something for everybody in the store that we have. So. Is there anything that people don't know about Central Square Records that that you'd like for them to know? Well, we have magazines. We also have uh, Jittery Joe's Coffee, friends of ours in oh, yeah. Athens, Georgia, that mm-hmm. have a micro-roaster, Jittery Joe's. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, we do sell um, strings and accessories, instruments, you know, as well as uh, original uh, classic silkscreen concert posters, all kinds of great stuff. So all those hard to find items in this area that you, Absolutely, you yeah. know, you would possibly have to order online or something like that. Otherwise, yeah. Yeah. So if you haven't you come been in the store and look around, and they and they can listen, right? Oh, absolutely. Folks can come in and just put on some headphones or earphones and listen to the music. Absolutely. Before they buy that's, it. Okay. Yeah, that's what we do. We turn people on to stuff. It's hard to keep up these days, really, for anybody with uh, what's going on, mm-hmm. especially in music. So. Uh huh. Yeah, well, 30A Radio does a good job with that, too. <laughs> yeah. um, so, would you have anything coming up in the fall? Any kind of events? or We're um, working on a few in-stores between now and October. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have dates yet, so uh, just stay tuned. Look All right. us up. All right. And where can they go again? You can go to our uh, Central Square Records Facebook page mm-hmm. or find us on Instagram. And, uh, you know, or come by and let us put you on the email list. All right. Good. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Appreciate you coming by. Thank you.
Thanks for listening to the Seaside Radio Show. Special thanks to the merchants of Seaside. Connect with us for the latest on events and happenings on social media at Seaside Newtown Old Ways or at SeasideFL.com. And in case we don't see you, from all of us in Seaside, Florida, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. The sounds of 30A, all day, every day, right at your fingertips. 30A Radio.